This is Trice Talk, Tuesday night, live, and I'm Donald Wayne. And I'm Dennis Lee. And you're on that other speaker again. <laughs> I wish it would work out that way, where you could be on the other one, and it would... All right. Well, we had just a new set of communication issues tonight. Or technical issues, I should say. The power went out about uh, 10 minutes till 11 here. And uh, I knew that was trouble. So it shut down everything that I had pulled up to use for tonight's show. Hello, Dennis Lee. Hey, Donald Wayne. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. You, oh, okay. You having problemos? No, no, no. I'm just as, just <laughs> as good as good can be. So uh, I guess you didn't have power outage over there, you know. No, no. It flickered, but I didn't have any outages. It flickered. Like what? It, yeah, yeah. Uh, who's flickered? Uh, no, not me. Yeah, no, it flickered. Flick. Oh, Flickered, what? but um, it looked like we had a power outage probably this afternoon when we before we got home. So uh, it, it flickered a couple of times. I thought, okay, come on, just stay on, just stay on, and then it didn't. <laughs> so I mean, everything that I had pulled up to use for the show, I had to restart. Um, it's always a challenge. Well, Any, it happens. Anybody that thinks this is easy, <laughs> even even when you know what you're doing, it's not always easy. <laughs> You'd think after 148 uh, or 147 episodes, we'd have it down pat. Well, oh, well. Yeah. That's that learning curve. Can't do anything with Mother Nature, Donald Wayne. Well, you know, we got so many dead gum trees over here and 
um, either a limb falls on something or somebody hits a power pole. You just never know. Uh, you know, this was considered outland, you know, about 20 years ago. Civilization was barely touching this, the ground that I now walk on. But, uh, oh, wow. yeah, it, it has progressed. It's, you know, it's, there's people here now. <laughs> well, Establishments. Yeah. Liquor stores. <laughs> Liquor stores. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think they put those up first. Uh, yeah. yeah, they they make sure that people have a reason to, to come out here. So anyway, I mean, it's a day of rain. I almost played rainy night in Georgia tonight just, just because it is. I, mean, I think it rained more today than it did yesterday. Yeah, I've been in it all day. It well, was a joy. Driving from... Norcross to Douglasville, back to Norcross, back to Douglasville again. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense, but that's. that's I'm I'm not about. even going to question because I'm sure there was a, a valid reason for it, and it's really none of my business. But that <clears> does, <throat> on the surface, it sounds a little confusing. It does, doesn't it? Yes, it does for the yeah. uninformed. Well, I just don't think I could rehash it. <laughs> well, let's see. We got a few shout outs here. Can I, I can't enlarge this screen over here on this side. Hey, Patrick. Hey, OMA, PBG, Tani, Blockchain. Welcome, 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 welcome. I thought um, that. I thought one of them said Obama on there, but I, you said it's Olimon? Uh, no, uh, Ohima. Ohima. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know. What's up with you, Tony? Um, hey. Just chilling. On we're, a rainy we're, Tuesday night here. Getting we're uh, running straight. late because uh, somebody had a power issue tonight. And just a little hint, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a 50-50 thing here. So that's right. it's not one of us, it's the other. Well, I guess the good thing is, well, I don't guess it really matters in this particular instance, but we're not on the same power grid. So, cause you, no. you have Marietta power or something like that, don't you? Or Georgia power? Cobb EMC. Oh, you're on the same thing. Okay. All right. Yeah. I thought you were over there in that, that district, oh. you know? Oh, well, uh, throw me under. Um, no. I know you're in a Democrat district, so I thought you, uh, maybe you. That's, that's... It's very had, evident. Yeah, had different power sources over there. No, I, uh, I'm, I'm Cobb EMC. So, what case is that, Tony? I'm afraid to ask. After, After twelve years, oh, okay, boy, I'm gonna let you read that. I don't know if I can because hey, I always I get in trouble. <laughs> After 12 years. All right. We're, we're waiting with great anticipation. Well, until well, we get, till we get that. We are, you know, 20 minutes behind Donald Wayne. Yeah. Were you telling me I need to hurry up and make up for that? I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, okay. Well, I, I didn't want to miss anything. I so rarely get to read anything that comes in in the chat room until after the show's over. So <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of myself when I can actually notice something. Oh. Um, so 
Yeah, we I, we got a lot on the agenda tonight. At least it looks like it does anyway. I have, have a lot on there. So um, let me see. The first thing, of course, I had to reset everything. And, and I was tonight I was depending heavily on audio. <laughs> so um, let's see. Can you, you want to hum a few bars while I uh, sure. pull up this first one? <laughs> I mean, I'd not. Not humming a few bars, oh, but the hum. Swanee River. How about Oh Danny Boy? That's a good old oh, Irish man. drinking song. Well, I mean, uh, since neither one of us are Irish. Um, oh no, we are. Are we? We have at least. Well, I have at least a quarter Irish. Now I don't know how uh, much you got diluted. I don't know. Down to you. I have it me that I'm aware of, but um, yeah, you have a little possible. Irish in you. Uh, well, I had some in my coffee the other day. Yeah. No, we have Irish. Remember, I was saying I found uh, the village in Ireland where um, some of our ancestors came from. Um, not likely that I'll get over there to see it, especially now since they're fighting again in Ireland. It's probably not a great place to go visit, but. Um, you know, I'm just looking at the picture of the president of El Salvador with his baseball cap on backwards, talking to his compatriots. That's uh, not very presidential, is it? Hmm. The president of El Salvador? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a story for another show, I guess. Oh, I was going to say, am I supposed to be looking at that? I'd no I, I i can't see it hello <laughs> are you still there donald wayne yes <laughs> can you what Good lord can what you is, hear me <laughs> no i can now i can now what are you, are you talking into gracious. a can no. um <laughs> I'm just, I'm totally. <laughs> oh boy. It's I might as, one of those. I might as, it's, it might as well be wacky Wednesday because, oh. um, Wednesday Eve. What was I going to, I, as you know, I'm, I'm totally lost here. Okay. I was looking for, that's right. I was looking for an audio and then I lost you and I, I couldn't hear you. And I said, well, there we go. Let's see what, um, uh, <laughs> well, we don't want that one. What? Oh, okay. Oh, I, hell, I'm going to just go ahead and do that since I, I see it. Get this. Uh, did you hear this? Have you heard this yet? <laughs> what? Can you hear it? Hello. <laughs> Donald Wayne. I can't, I can't hear anything. Can, I can you? <laughs> what is it? What in the world? <laughs> Did you hear that? Um, you are mama? you in the bathroom, Donald Wayne? Mama. <laughs> mama. 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 
That's that's a uh, uh, that baby is probably just barely a year old. Maybe that's, maybe that's that's a baby. That's a baby saying "Mama, Mama." So yeah. it's just like um, the curious case of Benjamin Button. Was he like a hundred when he was a baby? <laughs> I don't know that the uh, the heading said "baby possessed." Or sounds possessed. I now, if a baby starts talking like that, yeah, <laughs> we definitely, definitely got some problems. There's going to be holy water and his head and wasn't spinning around though. So, <laughs> well, it was about to. Um, hey, Christy. Yeah, that's that's weird. That's weird. Uh, hey, Jess Duck. Um, what what is that in reference to, Donald Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll just sit here and play mama. Hey Eric. Um, <laughs> hey Eric. Yeah, hey I Jess. No, that sounds a little possessed. Mama. Mama. Hey, well, I've never heard a child. That, that kid is milk. I mean, really. Deep of voice. Uh, oops. <laughs> what has he got a mustache? Uh, nobody had a cigar. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no, protesters, watch out. <laughs> I'm just, uh, oh, maybe you've I... got some challenges over there, don't I, you? Like I, I do. I, I do. I, I do. <laughs> Better have glaucoma. Glaucoma. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, all right. So, I, I guess we can roll along uh, now since we've had mama. Yeah, no, Donald Wayne, we, we got started 15 minutes late because Donald Wayne had a power outage. Um, well, I didn't have a power when, outage. When the, <laughs> when the lights came back on, there was a bunch of weird stuff going on. I mean, we, I don't know if we should actually talk about it. That's, yeah, it, it's, you know, and then the weird thing is it quit raining about 30, 40 minutes ago. So whatever happened to the power, you know, was a delayed uh, reaction. All right. So the first thing I did... <laughs> Joe Biden spoke again today, or he tried to speak, oh, and he, he was trying to give an update on uh, on uh, the COVID vaccinations and so forth. And you know, it's funny. I mean, we couldn't get the, we couldn't even see the guy, you know, a month ago, and now it seems like he's on TV every other day or something. So, um, he he spoke to the spoke to the people today again about how vaccinations are going and, and what, what work we still have left to do. Funny thing is he's kind of backpedaled a little bit on the number of vaccinations he expects to accomplish between now and, and the 4th of July. So he's, I don't know if he's getting a little worried that uh, we're now getting into the segment of the population that doesn't really, <laughs> that are reluctant to get their vaccination. So well, where the uh, hell is Fauci? I mean, he was popping up like on a daily basis. Um, I saw him. I hardly see him anymore. I saw him last week. Well, you know, he's making the the, the talk show circuit. You know, uh, while he's still got a new book out or something. Too. While he can still draw a crowd or draw some flies, oh, but well. um, of course, Biden. You know, poor guy. He yeah, had a, it's, a couple sorry. of gaffes. <laughs> he's probably had more than a couple, but. Uh, two in particular that got some attention. Uh, I'm, that's what I was trying to go through here. Let me play the first one. Uh, 
have a vaccination site about as close as their house is near to a neighborhood school. We're also going to slip vaccines directly to, to pediatricians, ship them to, to pediatricians during the following weeks. So parents and their children can talk to their family doctor about it and get the shot from a provider they trust the most. Easy, fast, and free. Well, I mean, he's appealing to those voters, isn't he? Easy, fast, and free. That should have been his damn slogan. I actually when he knew was some people like that in school. Uh, <laughs> no, he, he said that he was going to slip some vaccines to the pediatricians. Did you hear that? It, it happened real quick. Uh, and then he corrected himself, said, uh, ship the vaccines to the pediatricians. I mean, that really wasn't, I mean, it was so quick. Uh, you had to really be paying attention, which people normally don't. But the second one is there is some controversy over what he actually said on the second one. And let me see if I can successfully play that one. Uh, okay. Now you have to listen close and I want your opinion about what you think the word he uses here. Um, ever to get vaccinated. Visit vaccines.com.gov, vaccines.com, or text to your, text your zip code to 438829, 438829. Walk into your local pharmacy without an appointment. Go to the doctor or local health center. Did you, did well, you catch he didn't, it? He, he didn't say dot com, Donald Wayne. No, he didn't. That's for sure. Um, did you did you see yeah. the controversy on that? No, I didn't, but I can only imagine. I think when he was sexing up uh, Jimmy <laughs> Carter's wife uh, during his little photo op, that might have got the whole thing started there. You know, he was using her like a little puppet. Well, there um, are some people that said that he used, he said dot com. <laughs> And then the other people said he he said dot gum, and I I personally think he said dot gum because I almost hear the G sound, but it's it's a debate on on the internet right now about which word he used on that twice. Isn't that just awesome? I mean, <laughs> can you see the headlines in other countries? I mean, now look at what they're doing. Those Americans, they've they've got two presidents in a row that they can make fun of over oh, there. BP, that's funny. That's What's funny it? right there. Easy, uh, fast, and free. Oh boy, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, that picture that you're referring to, I saw that uh, before I stopped. After I, while I was eating, and I, I I got ready to leave, and I, they said, "Oh, here's a picture of Biden and." Is, is a woman with uh, the Carters. And I looked at it and I said, oh my God, it looks like they're sitting there with puppets or something. Yeah. They're so huge. <laughs> oh, they were actually, they were trying to explain it. I, I stumbled across Eric Erickson today, unfortunately. And um, he was trying to explain it as far as the room being so small and how they did the, how the, they took the picture, the camera angle and all that. So I don't see how, I mean, what angle, I mean, they were looking at them straight on. It looked like, I swear it looked like puppets. It looked like something you'd see on, <laughs> um, you know, on some talent show. Uh, Biden just wanted to be close to her. That's all. Jeez. That was such a, I mean, I laughed about that for a 
couple of minutes. Not much you can laugh about in the news today, but um, no, there's not. No, there's not. Um, you you faded again. What happened? Are you there? <laughs> can you hear me, Donald Wayne? Dennis, Dennis, <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> Who did this to me? I'm I'm right here. Gosh, what? Now, Sam Hill (laughs) must have had a lightning strike or something close by. (laughs) Maybe it's smelling. I'm over here smelling hair, Donald Wayne. Maybe the incense is getting to me. Practicing Um, the Biden breathing techniques. Oh, boy. Oh, well, all right. Okay, so we're only 20 minutes behind here. Let me talk about the first thing I had to really talk about tonight, and that was, uh, this is from redstate.com. I actually saw it on the news first. Uh, I saw the video, and I thought, oh, my gosh. I mean, are you serious? Uh, Why so serious? Yeah, why so serious? But this is... um, It's a story about a racist rant against an L.A. sheriff deputy during a traffic stop in the L.A. area. Um, And the article is by, he just goes by Bonchi. So I'm not quite sure. Bonchi. Bonchi. I think it's Mm. Bonchi. Um, But that's the name on the article. Mm. Uh, Sounds, (laughs) Sounds like something you might eat at a... Thai restaurant. Or it, something. It, it, it does, doesn't it? Right. Um, let me stop this audio here. All right. So anyway, he says, being a police officer is never an easy job. And that's especially true when you consider the kind of daily abuse they take. A prime example of that happened in Los Angeles recently. And it also shows just how important body cams are. An African-American woman launched into a racist attack against an L.A. sheriff's deputy. Afterwards, she filed a complaint claiming that she had been harassed by the same officer. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to play this audio. It's it's fairly, fairly decent. It's I think it's less than two minutes here. And let's see if I can get this one. All right. going at 38. Yes, you are, ma'am. Good morning. Which is, and the speed limit is 40, and I was going 38, so why are you harassing me? You are me? correct. I pulled you over because, because you're a murderer. Because uh, yes, I started to record because you can't you're a murderer. Be a, you can't be on your cell phone I, I while you're driving. I was on my phone. I was recording you because you scared you can't, me. You can't use your cell I phone while you're recording. you. May I have your driver's license? I, it's, it's at my apartment. What's your apartment? It's at my home. I'm just taking my son to his. Do you have a, Do you have your driver's license? I it, I mistakenly left it at home. Do you have a picture of your driver's license? Yes, I do. May I have it? And can you call your supervisor, please? I, I already did. He's on his way. Good, you're a murderer. Okay. And so you're giving me a cell phone ticket. Is that why you're harassing me? Not harassment. Yeah. I, I am enforcing the law. I have a right to record the police when they're harassing me. By all means, but you can't do it while you're driving. I would. I can. I wasn't. Doesn't texting or none of that. 
Jay, have and you had that you picture? You scared me and made me think you were going to murder me. Okay, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, you're, that's not just a feeling. You're a murderer. Okay. Can you zoom in on that for me, Sure. Jay? Thank you. And I'm perfectly legal, and I'm a teacher. So oh. there. Congratulations. Murderer. You're a murderer. What's your last name? I can't see that there. Well, if here you, you stop, go, Stop murderer. shaking. Zoom in on that for no, me, No, because right? you're scaring me. They're threatening to kill me and my son. Can you give me okay. the, the well, you, you, I'll tell you what, you keep smiling yeah, on camera. You keep, you're, you're trying to threaten to kill me. I'm I not didn't smiling. Say that. You're the one who's crazy. Hold that still. I can't see that. Uh, is this your car? Yes, it is. And um, you're trying to say I stole my own car because you're jealous? Yeah, is that what I don't that's think about? So. You wait for me right here, okay? You're jealous. All you need to do is just get your signature. He's only citing you for using your cell phone while you're driving. That's it. Thank you, ma'am. Sign inside for the red box. A, right for him being a Mexican racist. What is that name? Gas. Sign the citation, ma'am. Here you go, Mexican racist. You're always going to be a Mexican. You'll never be white. You know that, right? You'll never be white, which is what you really want to be. You there you go, be dear. White. Have you, a good day. You want to be white so bad. Okay. Does anybody the feel the hell? Does is anybody feel the way that I feel about this woman? I mean, where where was this at, Donald Wayne? This this was uh, some community outside of Los Angeles. Um, Jeez, I don't think that I put that down, but it, he's an LA sheriff deputy, and the woman started talking to him before. That's why it was so faint in the beginning. She was talking to him as he was approaching her car from behind. And all this crap about, you know, I'm, uh, you're a murderer. I'm, I'm afraid you're going to kill me and my child. I mean, and then when she said she was a teacher, the first thing that popped in my head, which is what Jess was saying, there's no way in the world that that woman would be allowed to teach any of my children anything. I mean, here's, here's you know, of course, yes. um, I'd, I've never seen anything that ridiculous. Well, they do, you know, they do allow certain recreational drug use over there in, you know, California. She's got her child so in the car with her, you know. Uh, that may not matter, you know. And and so why isn't this woman a racist? Because she's she's making racist comments to this man. And, was she and, white? No, she was black. She was black. Mm -hmm. the, the guy who was told the story, he was, he was saying it was an African-American woman launched into a racist attack uh and the but, so officer was, he, was hispanic he was hispanic right and she said that he will never be white yeah um so i mean you, she's just assuming that he wants to be white in the first place <laughs> there's a whole lot of assumptions going on there one that he's a murderer you know because he just pulled her over to give her a ticket for using her cell phone two that he wants to be white i mean he may have never even thought about being white yeah. in his life Maybe happy being Hispanic, and that is the proper, um, you know, if you want to get critical, woman, that's uh, the proper term is, uh, you know, Hispanic uh, or uh, Mexican American or something like to that. Uh, you know, she used it rather derogatory. Well, she so. didn't have a driver's license on her, and yeah. so he asked her a normal question Is this your car? and then she was insulted because. Uh, she was driving Mercedes. I just barely, he scanned around and looked at the front of the car and I could see the emblem on the front. So then she started on about that. Oh, you think I, this isn't my car? You know, that, I mean, the man has all the patience in the world, but let, I got a couple more comments about this real quick. 
Let me see. Cause it, it says a little bit more because she's not through. Um, I already said that. So <laughs> I said that too about a teacher. Uh, LA Sheriff's Department told, and this is back to the article, LA Sheriff's Department told a Fox LA reporter that the same woman called them after this traffic stop to file a harassment complaint against the deputy with internal affairs. Fortunately, since the uh, San, it says San Dimas station, that's somewhere around LA, doesn't have the money for body cams. This officer bought his own body cam to, for this very reason, to protect himself when he was, when he would stop people. Uh, LA uh, Sheriff's Department also told the same reporter that the woman in this story has a history of making false complaints against deputies. As the video and audio shows, the woman was completely in the wrong, attacking the Hispanic officer in a vicious manner. Later, it was also revealed this woman is a professor in the area, having worked at several different schools. I wonder why she has to work at several different schools. And I'm with Eric. Um, why didn't they take her to the station for not having a driver's license? You mean I can just have a Photoshop picture of a damn driver's license in California and, and just you know, get away with it? I don't, I mean, honestly, as much as I would have loved to seen her arrested, call away in cuff, handcuffs, uh, I don't know that they normally don't arrest you for not having your license with you. They can give you a ticket, which he should have given her a ticket for that. Well, uh, now here in Georgia, they'll actually, if they want to, they can um, leave you on the side of the road and impound your car for not having a driver's license. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm sure he probably, I mean, that probably would have turned into something a whole lot worse if he had gone down that road. It probably would have taken 15 officers to get her in <laughs> into a police vehicle. You know, vehicle. you'll never have a Mercedes. <laughs> You're just a Mexican. What in the hell kind you'll, of... You'll never be white. <laughs> you'll just, never be white. I, I mean, a, so yeah. insulting. And then I just, it's... There's, you know, I, I had a lot of comments about it the first time I saw it on TV and I thought, you know, this, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they put up with that abuse. No, he kept very calm tone about him. But I'd if he have, hadn't have, had that body cam on him, which he paid for himself, like I said, then it would have been his word against hers. Yeah. And that's just nuts. People shouldn't have to put up with that crap. And certainly they said that they're not going to release a woman's name, but they're, they're figure that somebody's going to leak it eventually. Um, so hopefully her, one of her employers has noticed her, her, uh, conduct and say, I don't want you teaching anybody at this school. Hmm. That's, I just, you know, that made my day when I saw that, I just like, this is my rant. <laughs> well, you know, let's go from one uh, what? extreme <laughs> idiotic tale to another. Um, Portland, Oregon has extended the COVID workplace mask rule indefinitely. Um, uh, this is from the Associated Press from Sarah Klein. Oregon adopted a controversial rule on Tuesday that indefinitely extends coronavirus mask and social distancing requirements for all businesses in the state, which it won't matter 
because nobody's going to be working. They're going to be too busy protesting and taking drugs. So, yeah, do, do um, they work in Oregon? I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, you know, um, state officials say the rule, which garnished thousands of public comments, will be in place until it is no longer necessary to address the effects of the pandemic in the workplace. We reviewed all of the, co- of the comments, including the many comments that opposed the rule, and we gave particular consideration to those comments that explained their reasoning or provided concrete information, said Michael Wood, administrator of the state's Department of Occupational Safety and Health. Although we chose to move forward with the rule, the final product includes a number of changes based on that record. Oregon, which has been among those with the country's most stringent COVID-19 restrictions, but fairly lax on riots and (laughs) drug use, um, had previously had a mask rule for businesses, but it was only temporary and could not be extended beyond 180 days. That promoted Wood (laughs) to create a permanent rule with the intent to repeal it at some point. To allow the workplace COVID-19 protections to simply go away would have left workers far less protected, and it would have left employers who want to know what is expected of them with a good deal less clarity than the rule provides. You know what? If you want people to wear a mask in your place of employment, um, then you make them wear a mask. You don't need a mandate by the state to freaking do it. Georgia's Businesses do it, and there's no mandate for a mask here anymore. Right. Um, But the proposal prompted a flood of angry responses, with everyone from parents to teachers to business owners and employees crying government overreach. Woods Agency received more than 5,000 comments, mostly critical, and nearly 70,000 residents signed a petition against the rule. Opponents raised concerns that there is no sunset date or specific metric for when the rule would automatically be repealed. So as a result, Wood said the final rule includes considerably more detail about the process and criteria that will be used to make the decision to repeal the rule. The rule requires that employers make sure that under most circumstances, people wear masks while working inside and use face coverings outside if they have to be within six feet of people. It also mandates that businesses make sure people aren't within six feet of each other unless that's not practical for certain activities like i don't know standing in line for checkout going to the bath i mean i you know how are they going to enforce that in the first place um the agency said it would be considered uh if the rule can be repealed starting no later than july Besides mask and distancing requirements, the rule, which also includes requirements and guidelines regarding airflow, ventilation, employee notification in case of an outbreak, and sanitation protocols, dovetails with separate actions and restrictions by Governor Kate Brown, the latest being increased county risk levels. Last week, Oregon recorded the fastest-growing COVID-19 infection rate in the nation, And as a result, Brown implemented further restrictions in 15 counties, including banning indoor dining at restaurants and bars and significantly decreasing capacity in gyms and indoor entertainment spaces. But all the druggies can run wild and free outside of that. Um, (laughs) The restrictions were criticized by business owners and Republican lawmakers. 
On Tuesday, those counties were moved back to a, a, a level effective Friday because the statewide seven-day rain average increased uh, for hospitalized COVID-19 positive patients dropped below 15%. This means indoor dining and other activities will be allowed. With Oregonians continuing to get vaccinated each week, my expectation is that we will not return to extreme risk again for the duration of this pandemic, Brown said. So far, about one-third of Oregon's population has been fully vaccinated. Around 75% of the state staffed adult ICU beds and about 85% of the state staffed adult non-ICU beds are occupied based on Oregon Health Authority data. In the past month, COVID-19 hospitalizations in Oregon have more than doubled with 345 people hospitalized with the virus as of Tuesday. Oh, yeah, they're going to uh, <clears throat> be wearing those masks for a little while. You know, and I think what's the weirdest thing when all this started is that you could go into a bank with anything close to a mask on and, you know, people would freak out. They'd probably push the button. The cops would show up. Oh, yeah. But now it's just, it's just commonplace. Um, you know, I'd be like, look, I, a ski mask is all I had. Yeah. I got to keep safe from this COVID, you know. We got a pandemic on. And by the way, I need you to fill this bag up. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, you know, Oregon is going down in flames just like freaking California is, so. It's a mess. It's got to be something in the Pacific Ocean, don't you think? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe the maybe the, uh, the old man from the old man show can tell us. He's well, up he's, in Washington. He's obviously immune. Well, uh, and I think he's he's a sane north. voice in in the desert. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's. Uh, Georgia, I mean, of course, Governor Kemp got a lot of flack in the beginning for not making it a mandate. But he said, hey, businesses can take care of themselves. They know what they want to do. Well, personal responsibility. I mean, there's some places you go in and there's no mask. The employees are wearing masks um, because, you know, they want you to feel safe coming into their place of business. But they're not requiring you to wear a mask. And then there's some places that still require you to and you know um you you just accommodate that if you don't like it then you just go somewhere else and shop well right if if i go in a store and they have the sign on the door uh i will wear the mask of course i haven't been anywhere that doesn't require one yet but uh i will i will comply because it's it's their right to ask their customers to do that but i have noticed uh especially at walmart this past weekend that uh more and more people are not wearing their mask and uh, you know, there no, no, no employees going to confront anybody about it, especially after some of the fights that they, we've seen on, on the news. Right. So, but yeah, at least, at least we're getting treated like adults in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Well, Oh, did, speaking of Georgia, and this isn't on this isn't on the list, so try to do it quickly. I saw this crazy thing tonight on the news as well. Something about Stacey Abrams uh, was a writer, and she wrote some romance novels that are kind of uh, steamy. Have you heard that? Oh, did she now? 
Yeah, they were talking about it tonight. Uh, you can't get her. She had written a couple of books, I believe, and they, they've been off the publication list. But because of her notoriety, I think she's trying to put them back on there. Yeah, I, I just heard that today, Eric. And it's like, seriously, this this mm. woman wrote some romance novels. I can't mm. even imagine. And um, <laughs> I think it was Tucker Carlson's. He said, uh, yeah, we're going to get uh, Trace Gallagher to come in here and, and read some excerpts from some of her books here in the very near future, just so you people can see what, what kind of stuff she writes. So, I mean, and then he know. said, and of course the stuff that we can say on air. So uh, insinuating that maybe there's some stuff in her books that you can't read on air. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That, that makes that, that probably will uh, increase her popularity for running for governor again in Georgia. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you read that book mm-hmm. that Stacey Abrams wrote? Mm. Golly. That's right. Two shades of gray. I mean, <laughs> she's all <What>? over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm not I'm not adding a thing to that at all. Uh, my next story is from redstate.com, and it's reported by Nick Arama. Um, you know, they had the, uh, Kentucky Derby this past weekend. Um, oh, they did. Yeah. Yeah, they did. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeedy. Um, so <laughs> black lives matter showed up in Louisville this weekend to protest around the 147th Kentucky Derby. Um, and this again is by Nicarama, 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 Nicaragua, okay. Nick. <laughs> I was thinking a Nicorette, but Nicarama. Okay. They were apparently chanting things like no justice, no Derby. They were trying to shut the Derby down. They thought maybe they could uh, keep it from uh, being, uh, uh, I guess the race being run this weekend, but they weren't able to do anything to stop the Derby, which went on without a hitch. But according to BizPack review, I'm not sure what BizPack is. I'll find out for the next time. They were even involved in, they rented a BLM rented a plane along with some other groups to fly over Churchill Downs with the message, protect black women, divest from police. And then, and they, they had a picture posted along with the article of that plane flying over the, uh, the Kentucky Derby with that message. And so the author says, do they even know how many black women have been helped or protected by the police? guessing they don't care because it doesn't play to their narrative. While Black Lives Matter protesters were out, they apparently were doing their let's go bother diners uh, while they're eating kind of thing. We've seen this tactic with BLM before where they go up to diners who are eating outdoors and start lecturing and harassing them. But this particular effort didn't end very well for them. Uh, The group was outside La, La Chase, a restaurant not far from the, you know, the, the racetrack. And we're not sure what started the interaction with an older diner, but what caused them to back off was him pulling a gun in a very tense standoff. And uh, there is a video uh, showing them screaming and yelling. And funny thing is there's, it couldn't be more than three or four tables out, out in front of this little restaurant. Uh, and this group of people yelling and screaming and, um, 
and you see this guy, this older gentleman stand up and it looks like he's got a Derringer. I mean, it's a very small gun. I don't, I don't know what would be a little bit larger than a Derringer or something that would, would look that way. But so he's standing there with it at his waist and it's pointing towards the crowd. Um, and which made them scream even more, but, um, uh, it also shows there's another man next to him standing up. He's a rather large guy and he's standing up and it looks like he's motioning the people to come towards them. Like he's wanting to, to bring it on, you know, wanting to fight. Um, of course there were some BLM folks that were armed as well. You see one woman who's trying to wave the crowd away from the man who has the gun yelling, no, no, no. And she was pushing her arms, you know, in another direction to getting him to move on. Uh, and there was also two other men that were armed. I didn't see them in, in the video, but I mean, this is over, like I said, four or five tables outside of this little old restaurant. Um, and finally, the diners went inside the restaurant, and that's the only thing. I guess the management encouraged them to come inside. That's the only thing that kept it, you know, from getting any worse. But, um, I mean, this guy had the gun pointed towards the crowd. So if anybody, I, I have no doubt if anybody had come close to him and gotten in his face, he probably would have shot somebody. So Jeez. it's just, it's, I mean, what is it about? I mean, I, I fully support people marching. I support their right to protest. They carry signs. They can chant in the street, yell in the street. Uh, they can't stop traffic. They don't have a right to stop cars and, and jump on people's cars. Uh, like we were talking about the other night where they were on somebody's car trying to pull into a uh, garage. Um, they don't have a right to get in your face, in your space, and scream at you. Uh, and they don't have a right to... to you know, come in there while you're, you're just trying to sit out there and eat. And, um, and, and these people come up there and they want to disrupt you. That's, you know, you, you don't have a right to do that. That's not in the constitution. And if they keep doing this kind of crap in this country, these people, there's going to get a point where somebody like that man is just going to snap. He's just had enough or somebody makes a move too close to him and he's going to shoot somebody. And, um, uh, this, this whole thing, of course, they tried to arrest the police did come. They didn't show it in this video, but they did show, a, a, an accompanying video where they were actually chasing some people down the street and they arrested two or three people. And then the people in the, in the mob or in the, uh, the, the group, I should say, were telling the people they were arresting, resist, resist, give them a hard time, make it hard for them to get you, you know? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. We see how well that goes. So it's, we've, we've, you know, we've lost our ever loving mind. You know, uh, we've taken protesting to a new level in this country where now there's, there's no limits to what people think they have a right to do to, to people who have nothing to do with what they're, they're protesting about. So Fortunately, that one didn't end with anyone getting hurt. Fortunately. This time. I mean, really. Um, so, 
I was thinking since um, we're behind, I would skip my second little banter and go straight to the Russians. Yeah. <laughs> you going to skip the Russians? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll skip the Russians. Okay. I mean, really, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> they'll be here. They'll be here tomorrow night or Thursday night. <laughs> right. So, okay. Um, let's. <laughs> You're steering your ship. <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, Mr. Rackley? Yes. Yeah, I'd like to have a word with you about your son, Ward. You see, he and my boy Bobby are playmates. Excuse and... me, but I'm Ward Rackley. You're Ward Rackley? It's one of my many monikers, yes. I'm also known as Mandelgar of the Northwoods, and in certain company, Austin Osman Straklabartard. How old are you? 30? 40? Uh, not even close. I am 5,000. Don't you have some friends your own age? Someone to drink with? Maybe a girlfriend? And waste my seed on a common harlot? Not likely. When the time is right, a maiden will be delivered up to me. Probably from the east. <sighs> some of this isn't your fault. I mean, a man can only take so many wedgies before he goes to pieces. Good luck to you. <laughs> That's good advice there. Yeah. Uh, um, um, so in uh in this little edition, I got I got three three little quick things here. Um in, did you know that there was a woman missing for months um at a Utah campground and they, they finally found her if anybody was worried about her. This is by the Washington Examiner by Carly Roman. Um, I know somebody was worried about her. Yeah, I mean, it should be. Um, <clears throat> a woman who was reported missing last November was located in a Utah campground. The unidentified 47-year-old woman was reported missing on November 25th of 2020 um, after authorities found an apparently abandoned campsite. The U.S. Forest Service officials found identifying information for the camper and information suggesting the woman may be struggling with mental health challenges, but were unable to locate the woman, according to a statement from the Utah County Sheriff's Office. On Sunday, an agent with the Utah County Sheriff's Office returned to the Diamond Fork area of Spanish Fork Canyon to search for the woman with a drone, which crashed. As the U.S. <laughs> You, as the UCSO sergeant and drone pilot searched for the drone, a tent was encountered that was believed to be abandoned. Well, then all of a sudden the zipper for the tent just kind of <laughs> slid open and the missing woman just kind of flopped on out. Um, while the unidentified <laughs> woman had lost a significant amount of weight and was weak, she was apparently also resourceful. Um, says, we now believe she knowingly chose to remain in the area for over uh, the months since November 2020, the statement said. She did have a small amount of food with her. She uh, told SAR officials she foraged for grass and moss <laughs> to subsist. Um, moss. Yeah, I didn't know that you could live off that. She also had access to an ample supply of water in a nearby river. Um, deputies transported the woman to a local hospital for a mental health evaluation, um, but it is not stated what the results of that evaluation were. 
says, we want to be clear that while many people might choose not to, uh, might choose to not live in the circumstances and conditions this woman did, she did nothing against the law. And in the future, she might choose to return to the same area. It's not against the law, authorities concluded. So they're going to treat her. They found her. And, you know, if she wants to go live out in the woods and live on moss, um, she's not violating any laws. So just leave her be. I mean, what about how does she survive the winter? Doesn't it? I mean, it get a little bit cold up there. That's what I was thinking. Um, Yeah, basically, BP, she's preparing for the future. I mean. Uh, hopefully we'll have grass and moss um and and <laughs> what a, about and bears a, i mean in a river with uh, well i think she made friends with the bear um hmm. <laughs> you know uh, the bear was inquiring about her at a local sars um outpost but um they didn't really include much of that in the story i'm um, sure <laughs> for good reason so, for good reason well and i've got another quick one here um there was um there was a report out of Newsweek by Caroline Teen that criminals release hundreds of cockroaches into a restaurant in a bizarre attack. Um, this sounds appetizing. Oh the Taiwan gosh. restaurant G House Taipei <laughs> is presumably closed for cleaning after a pair of men. G House. Re- <laughs> G House. That's right. G House Taipei. Um, so it's closed for cleaning after a pair of men entered and released more than 1,000 cockroaches inside on Monday night. The bizarre attack seems to have been precipitated by a financial dispute between G House Taipei's owner and an organized crime syndicate known as Bamboo Union. Local police told Focus Taiwan they are currently searching for the perpetrators and three accomplices. According to the South China Morning Post, Bamboo Union is a Taiwanese triad that is internationally notorious for its involvement in drug and human trafficking. Some of its 10,000 members were reportedly behind the 2015 ki- kidnapping of Hong Kong businesswoman Wang Yuk Kwan, who was forced into a car in New Taipei City that September and found badly bruised in a deserted house 38 days later. In 2008, the magazine Foreign Policy ranked Bamboo Union as one of the most dangerous criminal organizations in the world. At the time of the incident, uh, G House Taipei was hosting a meeting of police officers, including Taipei Police Commissioner Chen Jie Chang, according to Nine News Com AU. Uh, in total, more than 700 people were in attendance. However, Chen said that the he had not found any evidence to suggest that the attack was meant to target law enforcement personnel. Shortly before 7.30 p.m., the men broke in and flung hundreds of small cockroaches into the air near a counter on the second floor. Yu Young Lin, the deputy chief of the Zonghong police substation, said <laughs> he added that the cockroaches appeared to be the sort of commonly fed to fish, according to Focus Taiwan. By the time backup arrived three minutes later, the men had fled on a scooter. Security (laughs) camera footage implicated a woman and two other men in the crime as well. One served as a driver and the other two as lookouts. 
you told the outlet. While they split up to evade police, he said that he had very every confidence that they'd be brought to justice. On Tuesday, Chen revealed that the attack, which compared uh, to flinging paint or fecal matter, was apparently directed at G House Tape's owner, who allegedly owes Bamboo Union big money. However, Chen said that the attack's outlandish nature would not deter him from investigating it thoroughly and that he would prosecute the suspects in, cor- in accordance with the law, according to Focus Taiwan. Um, uh, co- earlier today, the G House Taipei Facebook page posted four photos and a video of an inspector spraying what appears to be pesticide on the floor all around the affected counter as well. Um that is a new attack that I have not heard of before. So, well, I've seen a I lot guess. of mob movies, and even you know the Chinese mob movies, and I've never seen yeah. <laughs> them use cockroaches uh, or I, get away on a scooter. I tell you what, we're gonna do. We're gonna go down there with all these cockroaches, Jimmy. You're gonna fling them in the restaurant, yeah. Um, I just, I just have never thought. Yeah, right. You know, can you see that and? And Goodfellas, <laughs> you know, just yeah. hold him, hold him here. I'll be right back. You think uh, I'm go funny? Get your, go get your shine box. But it comes back with a thousand roaches. Um, and it could have been much worse, I guess, if if it truly was some kind of uh, dryad. I didn't say what thing. kind of uh, scooter it was, but um, you know. Um, so one <laughs> one other one, real quick, since we're on uh, on critters here. Um, there's an article in People magazine that a great horned owl recovering after traveling from Alabama to Florida trapped in a truck's grill. This is by Nicholas Rice. Um, said that um, last month a man relocating from Alabama to Florida unknowingly traveled hundreds of miles with a great horned owl stuck inside his truck's grill, according to a social media post from the Conservancy of Southwest Florida. The bird got stuck in the front grill of Tory Gray's pickup truck in Alabama after getting hit by the vehicle while flying across the road. I guess he didn't pay any attention to the big thud, but, it, you know, <clears throat> nothing against people in Alabama, but I've seen it happen. They keep driving. <laughs> um, Gray didn't realize the owl got tangled in his truck's grill after the impact and only discovered the stuck bird after traveling hundreds of miles and reaching his final destination. Jeez. It wasn't until the driver finished his 300-mile drive that he realized that the owl was actually in his truck. The Conservancy of Southwest Florida wrote in their post about the incident. Um, and it's got pictures on of the owl um, and the den in the uh, jacked-up grill um, the owl looks okay, missing a few feathers. Um, after realizing that the bird was still in front of his car, Gray called the Conservancy for help, which sent volunteer Tim Thompson to remove the animal safely from the grill. Um, the owl was dull and had some swelling and laceration on one elbow. I didn't know they had elbows. <laughs> Due to the impact of the truck, the Conservation Center wrote on, on, about the bird's injuries. He was given some fluids, pain medications, so now he's on Oxycontin. That's great. And laser therapy. Laser therapy? Jeez, they sent him to a, 
I, uh, okay, and placed in a cage to recover. So after a week or so of treatment, he was moved to an outside enclosure, and staff is optimistic about his recovery. Um, the, the Conservancy is caring for the bird, and um, they, they're keeping up with his current status on Facebook. Nobody knows how it is alive. He had lost a few feathers, but he was pretty alert. Um, that is an so amazing I, story. They yeah, survived. I don't, I don't think he'll ever like a truck again. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so did the truck hit him at night? Um, usually, not flying around the daytime. That's kind of weird. Yeah. It didn't say what time of day or, you know, what, what it was. Uh, I did see a picture of the, of the owl and the grill, uh, had to do a double you? take. Yeah. Cause I was like, yeah. what is that? <laughs> and that's a big owl. Yeah, you're right, Jessica. That is a big owl. Uh, he doesn't look happy. So. Uh, but owls generally don't look happy anyway. So, Yeah, you know, I mean, it's tough Poor being fella. an owl. I mean, right. So that's uh, that's all I got on that. that. That's your... That's my take on it. That's your corner. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I found a... I found another come on man thing that tried to replace that one. I did oh, the other day. So it's time for come on, man. Let's see if this one makes more. Actually it was longer and, uh, I had to cut some of it off cause he got really weird. Well, it didn't sound weird. I know. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. That's the wrong one. Oh my goodness, Donald Wayne. This is a family show. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Come on, man. 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 How many push ups you want to do here, pal? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he makes some disparaging comments about san francisco too which i oh, cut out man. of this particular uh recording anyway this is another article from redstate.com and this is by the shipwreck crew and i have no idea who that is but evidently it's it's more than one person writing this article but the title of the article is florida school principal to mom of six-year-old student your choice, $50 or I beat your child. So, um, oh boy, <laughs> uh, you just can't make this stuff up. Uh, the article states the policy is probably outlined somewhere in the Welcome to the Henry County School District PowerPoint orientation program for parents new to the district. A six year old girl is said to have caused damage to a school computer screen. The mother is advised by the school that she will be charged $50. The news story suggests that there was a miscommunication at this point that was potentially caused by a language barrier. The fact that the mother couldn't speak English at all. The story suggests that the child's mother was given an alternative, that the child would be subject to corporal punishment by the school's principal, but only in the presence of the child's mother and a sheriff's department deputy. It seems as if the principal, Melissa Carter, was left with the impression that the parent had opted for corporal punishment rather than pay the $50 fee. The parent told the authorities that when she arrived to pay the $50 fee, 
her daughter was already in the principal's office and everyone was waiting for the mother to arrive. Everyone except the deputy sheriff. Uh, um, the, the sheriff's office never sent anybody to the school. That's probably a good thing for the principal because as matters played out in the video taken by the mother with her cell phone, I suspect a sheriff deputy would have left the school that day with the principal handcuffed in the backseat of the patrol car and on her way to be charged with child abuse. Realizing what was about to take place and not seeing any cameras in the office, the mother turned on her cell phone camera to capture the event. Uh, then she stuck the cell phone uh, just barely sticking out of her purse and then pointing it towards the um, um, towards the principal and her child. And the I think they said it was an admin assistant that was helping hold the child down. Uh, imagine the injuries she would have caused if she was swinging a bat or other blunt instrument. Uh, let's see the purposeful effort put forth by principal Carter in swinging the paddle is quite jarring there. There is a video of her, um, it, uh, of her spanking the child looked like a paddle looked like something that you play cricket with. And the child uh, was six years old, right? A six years old daughter. Uh, you can't really, all you can see is her behind cause they've got her bent over a desk or, a or something, and, and the principal on one side and this other lady on the other. Um, as, the, as a middle-aged, this is the people talking in the article, as a middle-aged male who grew up in the 1960s with a father who believed in the motto, spare the rod, spoil the child, I can say that I recall quite well the pain suffered by the six-year-old girl. But this is not Principal Carter's child. It was not part of her role as an educator to make a judgment on the nature or severity of punishment. And this was wholly punitive to meet out to a six-year-old student for damaging school property. Make the parent pay for the damage or suspend the child for carelessness or intentional behavior. That's fine. But to beat a child in the manner in which she did should be dealt with by the criminal justice system. Hendry County is located in South Florida between Miami and the Gulf Coast and is one of the more sparsely populated counties in Florida with only about uh, 40,000 residents. Just to clarify the sarcasm in the opening sentence above, the Hendry County School District specifically prohibits the use of corporal punishment for purposes of school discipline. This raises the obvious question as to why the Principal Carter has what is clearly a paddle designed to engage in corporal punishment in an elementary school. The mother, upon arriving, realized that there were no cameras in the room, so she hid her phone in her purse to, and set it to record. The mother said, nobody would have believed me, so I sacrificed my daughter so all parents can realize what's happening in this school. Now, of course, again, she's not speak, she, she had to have an interpreter. I'm not sure... And now this is the author of the article again. I'm not sure I buy that I sacrifice my daughter part. If that were actually true, it would call into question her fitness as a parent. But her comment does seem to suggest that this might be an ongoing problem at the school, but one that was not widely known enough to parents. Such a lack of awareness seems to no longer be a problem for everyone except Principal Carter. So... Um, you know, I question 
two, the mother just sitting there and obviously she was a little concerned or she wouldn't have recorded it, but there's no right. way in the world with me in the room that that principal would have put that paddle on my child's behind. Uh, I might've grabbed the paddle and, 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 uh, uh, probably would have broken it somewhere on a desk, but you know, this, I, I, I question the mother just sitting there and letting her child get, get spanked with this, large rather large paddle you probably can find it online if you go to redstate.com yeah. i saw a picture of it yeah uh but there is a video of her <clears throat> swinging and um i i just you know that's i mean i did get paddled once in high school <laughs> by the assistant principal for doing nothing i was actually standing in the hallway uh tapping on the railing with one of my books waiting for somebody and he said I was disturbing uh, the other classes, so I I got paddled for that, and I remember it. But uh, you know, there's no way in the world today that that people are going to be allowed to do that kind of thing. No, no and I, I, and it wouldn't have happened if I'd been in the room either. So no, I remember the uh, the coaches used to do that, and they had the paddles that had the holes in them. Oh yeah, so they get a little bit more momentum as they swing. Uh, Hear the whoosh. I mean, I'm I'm all for. I mean, either you know, make the parent pay for for the damage to the computer, or you know, if it's if it's a severe enough action, then you know, suspend them for a while. But but uh, in this day and time, you just that that's not a role of the educator to to deal out corporal punishment. No, I thought that was pretty much done with. Well, it, it was, and of course, like like the article said, that county does not allow it. So uh, I would be real surprised if this teacher uh, either still has a job or if she doesn't end up going to jail over it. Right. Hmm. Come on, man. Well. Um, well, let's, uh, you know, let's just continue on the P the uh, PO train there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the pissed off train. Yeah. The, uh, Washington, Washington examiner has a, um, article out, uh, by W James Antle, the third, um, the Democrats are backtracking over claims that U S is a racist country. Oh, <laughs> go figure oh. that. Um, Hey dude, what's going on? I guess they're, uh, you know, thinking that, well, two, year, two years goes by pretty quick. We better uh, start figuring this out. Um, one line in Senator Tim Scott's response to President Joe Biden's address was so effective that top Democrats have begun to use it with some qualifications themselves. Um, hear me clearly, the South Carolina Republican said last week, America is not a racist country. It's backwards to fight discrimination with different types of discrimination. And it's wrong to try uh, to use our painful past to dishonestly shut down debates in the present. Since then, several prominent Democratic leaders have echoed that America isn't a racist country, starting at the very top. I don't think America is racist, Biden told NBC's Today Show in an interview that aired Friday morning. But I think the overhang from all the Jim Crow and before that slavery have had a cost. 
First of all, no, I don't think America is a racist country, but we also do have to speak the truth about the history of racism in our country and its existence today, said Vice President Kamala Harris in an interview with ABC. Harris is the first black person, Asian, and woman to hold the vice presidency. We should stop arguing about whether or not this is a racist country, Representative James Clyburn, the number three ranking Democrat in the House, told CNN. It is not, he said. Clyburn is a South Carolinian, uh, Carolinian like Scott and one of the most powerful black Democrats in Congress. He, his endorsement of Biden proved pivotal in last year's primaries. A racist country would never elect Barack Obama president or Kamala Harris Vice President Clyburn added, huh, go figure. Democrats have committed themselves to rooting out what they describe as systemic racism in law enforcement, housing, health care, wealth distribution, and a host of other areas, basically America as a whole. But they're also trying to find their footing in how to discuss these issues without seeming to call vast swaths of voters racist. Today, kids are being taught that the color of their skin defines them again. And if you look a certain way, they're an oppressor. Scott, the black Republican tapped to respond to Biden, said, From colleges to corporations to our culture, people are making money and gaining power by pretending we haven't made any progress at all, the article says. Some commenters push back. The Washington Post, Philip Bump, that is, was nevertheless the case that Scott's rhetoric was focused on a straw man. Um, I mean, we've all seen, uh, you know. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> we, we've all seen The Wizard of Oz. But even oh. relatively liberal Democrats clearly see the political potency of Scott's remarks. Wokeness is a problem. Yes, the very term wokeness is a problem to me. Um, longtime Democrat strategist James Carville, the liberal website Vox, and uh, we all know it, he said. He added that Biden's biggest, uh, biggest attribute is that he's not into uh, faculty lounge politics. Oh, well, I, I don't know. I've heard he's done a lot in the faculty lounge. Uh, Biden has positioned himself all over the map. Yes, indeed he has. On racial issues, over the course of his long political career. For the civil rights movement, at some times in criticizing force busing and at others, and then, you know, totally contradicting himself at other times. Um, that was my little input. During <laughs> last year's campaign, Biden tried to avoid the excesses of the online left when talking about the police and other hot-button topics. At the same time, he leaned heavily into racial justice issues and saw his numbers rise when protests erupted over the death of George Floyd, an unarmed black man in police custody. The officer in question, Derek Chauvin, was later convicted of murdering Floyd. And a little update, as we all thought, um, they're appealing that conviction. So the balance mostly worked as Biden beat former President Donald Trump by 85 points allegedly, among voters whose top issue was racial inequality, according to the exit polls. But the political pressure of catering to mostly white 
woke liberals took a toll even when Biden mostly resisted it. Democrats lost seats in the House and barely took the Senate and presidency in part because non-white conservatives, voters, gravitated toward the Republicans over defund the police and similar causes. Well, what did you expect? Um, The GOP tried a delicate maneuver itself, talking up the passage of criminal justice reform under the Trump and Scott's police reform bill that the Senate Democrats blocked while also hammering Democrats on law and order. The later approach contributed to the end of Democratic dominance in the 1960s and 70s, with Republicans winning three straight presidential elections in the 1980s and then control of Congress in the 1990s. Trump won voters voters concerned mostly by crime and public safety by more than 40 points. Democrats don't want to revert back to the days when Republicans can use these as effective wedge issues during election years, but at the same time wish to deliver for their diverse electoral coalition and believe they can square the circle. The best message for the Democrats is not a racist nation, but there are white supremacists who are trying to undermine the progress we've made in racial justice with violent attacks on African and Asian Americans and attempts to stop them from voting said Brad Bannon, a Democratic strategist. The Democratic Party stands for just um, for a just multiracial society that stands for the principle that all people are created equal as long as they are into socialism. I threw that in there, too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, um, <laughs> that's not in the Constitution. <laughs> I mean... You know, and, and look, I, you know, I hate it for Asian Americans, and uh, I think that any any uh, attack against any um, ethnicity or anyone in general um, is is horrible. But isn't it strange how this really didn't pop up and become a major issue? Uh, yeah, we had it for a minute um, when it was being called the China virus, and. But that just lasted a brief, just little second in time. And then when we had these um, massage parlor shootings that were devastating and horrible, um, all of a sudden we get a bill passed. And all of a sudden there's all this hatred towards Asians in the country. And I I mean, I, I, I don't see it. I'm not Asian, so I don't know. But I I just, I just, I'm it's very skeptical of, of um, you didn't hear an outcry the of their pushing when we had uh, when was the Asian bird flu or was it wasn't it called the Asian bird flu or um, several years ago? Yeah, there's, there's been several references. I, to I mean, there's a lot of times, you know, that people refer to uh, pandemics like that, you know, based on where they originate and. Uh, but you know, but I, and I, I truly believe if if a Democrat had been president, it could have been said without becoming an issue. But the fact that Donald Trump said it made it that much worse. Yeah, I just you know, I, I, I look. I know that we've got a, you know, we've got work to do as a country and as a people, um, as a society on race relations. You know, we've got some fences to mend and some some work to do there. 
it'd be ignorance to say that, um, you know, there's no racism at all, but it's not as bad as the picture that, that individuals, that individuals paint. Um, but there, there, it, it, it is there. It well, they, is definitely they, there. they paint a picture that everybody, you know, all, all the races hate each other in this country. And that's not true. There's all kinds of facts and figures that can show you the progress that's been made. Doesn't mean that, everything's fixed and but you're there's there's going to be a segment that you never fix there's always going to be that that those people uh that aren't fixable you know they're prejudiced for whatever reason out of their ignorance or what you know whatever excuse they may have for feeling the way they do you're never going to change their mind but it's that same way in other countries there are segments of of different countries populations that just we'll never get along or, or don't like each other, but you know, you have to look at, at the, at the, the country as a whole, uh, you know, like the, the guy from Canada that was saying a couple of weeks ago that we, you know, that other countries view us as, you know, just we're in turmoil that we all hate each other, the different races. And that's not true. I don't feel like it's true. No. Uh, in my experience, with the with the, the vast number of people that I come in contact with, so right. And look, I'm not going to sit here and be ignorant and claim to know what it what it uh, feels like to be an African American or a Hispanic American or a Native American or any other ethnicity. Um, none of us can ever say that we know what. When someone says, "I know what you, you know," I know what you're going through. I know how you feel. You don't. Yeah, I try not to that. ever say that. Yeah, we say that as as a, as a form of empathy, you know, and it's and it's in good intention, but we don't. So, I mean, no one no one can ever know. So, and how can you expect them to know? You can share your story, and that'll help to let people know how you feel. And maybe, you know, open their minds a little bit. But until, and that's just it, until we talk more to each other and have civil conversations and learn how to understand each other, then we're never going to get anywhere. I don't care what bills you pass. I don't care what you do, how much money you throw at this cause or that cause. Until we have open conversations, civil, open conversations with each other, um, then it's just going to continue to be a problem. You know, that's just my take on it anyway. Well, and, and like you, I think you said earlier on in the article that somebody was alluding to the fact that, uh, there's, it's a big business in this country for the races not to get along. There are certain people that only exist if there's turmoil between the races. And mm -hmm. those are the people that like to fan the flames every time something comes up and, and make it um, something that is not. And, and look, we live in we live in the South, and you know we live in Georgia, and and I love living in Georgia, but um, there there's parts of uh, of Georgia that are still fighting the Civil War, and it's very oh, unfortunate, yeah. and it's unexcusable or inexcusable, but um, that's, that's, that's ignorance. Where, yeah, that's ignorance. And some you could probably talk to your blue in the face and you may not change any of their minds. But if we continue to have conversations, even if you just change one person, 
and, you know, just, you know, just open their eyes a little more to where at least they can come to a middle ground, and that's something. But violence is never going to solve anything. It's only going to make it worse. And, and labeling everyone as racist is only going to make it worse. Like Tim Scott said, you can't fight bigotry with bigotry. Yeah, just because you disagree on issues uh, doesn't make you a racist right. or a xenophobe. It's, you know, and, and, and really is boiled down to now. Um, if you don't agree with the liberal position or with what the media wants to tout every day, you know, then 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 they do label you as a racist or or a white supremacist. And, um, well, you know, for the very fact for somebody to, to lash out at say me, um, because I'm white and that I, you know, that I have no idea about this that, or the other, they don't know. They don't know if I don't have a clue inadvertently because maybe of another family member or, or what I've been through in my life. So, um, you got to get to notice somebody before you go labeling them anything. Yeah, you can't group everybody together. You no. can't. You can't put everybody in the same test tube and put a label on it and say everybody's alike. Right, right, and and it it doesn't really. It's not all wrapped up around uh, the color of your skin either. It's um, you know, it's it's class too. So, I mean, <laughs> against people who have more and who have less. I mean, I, I, I've experienced it as a kid, you know. Um, so, I mean, it's just there's so many different little parts to that that you don't know what anybody's been through until you get to know them. Until we start talking to each other and having civil conversations and getting to know each other, then we're never going to solve anything. Right. I, I could tell you some stories, which I won't do on here. Uh, but remind me to tell you sometime. I have some very early memories of some things that would just blow your mind, blew my mind as a kid. And I certainly didn't understand. But uh, I mean, there's just we we've got we've made so much progress and people getting along. And uh, it's just it's so wrong for politicians to use us as pawns in their game to, to have power or create power for themselves and create positions where, you know, they decide everything that we do. And, uh, right. So, but yes, anyway, that's, that's all I have on that one. And and now we're probably, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, looks like the last story will be relinquished as well because we're running <laughs> short on time. Okay, so we, I, I give the floor to you, Donald Wayne. I will try to do this one quickly as I can. Um, it's it's about up Chuck Schumer, uh, Senator Schumer, and he um, he's trying to. I'd, I swear, Democrats, bless their heart, <laughs> they just get so creative. Um, Schumer's looking at, and he's, he's, um, suggested that they may use some budget tricks in order to legalize millions of migrants in the country. Um, let me see if I can 
See if I didn't lose that when I lost power earlier. All oh, right. Boy. Yeah. Uh, Chucky Schumer. And this is in Newsmax. Uh, com, And it's, I don't know that it matters who it's. Uh, Jim Thomas. I don't think I've ever read one of his articles. But anyway, it says that Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat from New York, is quietly considering a fast track budget maneuver to legalize millions of illegal immigrants if bipartisan talks on providing a pathway to citizenship fall apart. The strategy is part of a backup plan Schumer has lined up if talks among 15 senators and both parties fail to yield a compromise on immigration. As the negotiations drag on with little agreement in sight, proponents of the left are growing increasingly worried Democrats might squander a rare opportunity to legalize broad swaths of undocumented population while their party still controls both chambers of Congress and, of course, the White House. Schumer has privately told members of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus in recent weeks he is actively exploring whether it would be possible to attach a broad revision of immigration laws to President Joe Biden's infrastructure plan and pass it through on a process known as budget reconciliation. I mean, you can't make it up. Democrats must act, says Sergio Gonzalez, the director of the Immigration Hub, which pushes for pro-immigrant agenda in Congress. Now is the time. This is the year. We must have citizenship this year, he says. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, from California last month endorsed the idea of using uh, reconciliation to push through an immigration measure, citing the budget impacts of immigration in our country. So she's tying those, you know, budget impacts of immigration into an immigration bill. And so it can loosely be considered a budget issue. Senator Patty Murray, a Democrat from Washington, the number three Democrat, also came out in favor of the approach last week. Republicans involved in the talks warn that before Congress can act to address undocumented immigrants, it must address the large influx of migrants across the southwestern border. In March, border agents encountered nearly 19,000 children at the border, the largest number recorded in a single month, most of them f- fleeing poverty and violence in Central America, though the numbers are dropping, according to the Times. Before we can do anything meaningful on immigration, we're going to have to deal with the current crisis at the border, uh, Senator John Cornyn of, of Texas has said. I don't think the public is going to tolerate us ignoring this crisis. It's just going to get worse unless we deal with it. As for moving Schumer's immigration agenda through reconciliation, he says, I think they're dreaming. I don't think the parliamentarian will allow that. That's not only the purpose of re that's not really the purpose of reconciliation. The reconciliation move would allow the measures to pass the evenly divided Senate with 50 Democrats and independent votes, shielding them from a filibuster and the 60-vote threshold. Vice President Kamala Harris would cast the 51st vote in the event of a 50-50 tie. The Senate parliamentarian since 2012, Elizabeth McDonough, recently said the reconciliation process could be used at least one more 
time during this physical year. However, to pull it off, Democrats would have to grapple with strict budget rules that limit what can be done under reconciliation. They require that any policy change included must have a budgetary impact that is more than merely incidental. So that's what Chucky wants to do, or at least that's what they're considering doing if they can't come to some kind of agreement with the Republicans to pass um, you know, immigration reform. They're just going to try to attach it to a budget bill and get it through in that manner. And which goes back to something that I've said a number of times. I don't know why in the world these people are allowed to cram all these different facets into a bill. They ought to have to vote on every single thing. Uh, everything should stand alone on its own. So they can't, you know, cause many times they'll pass a bill, things they don't want to pass, but they have to do it because something else they want is attached to it. Right. And, and that's just, I mean, basically they're admitting that, that, um, I won't say it's an unlawful, but it's, it's, it's a poor way to, to do business in the Congress because, uh, people will end up, uh, voting, you know, passing something just so they can get some little tidbit of thing that they want for their district. Yeah, and that's, you know, that it won't stand up on its own. Right. You know? and, and to me, if it won't stand up on its own, if it wouldn't pass on its own, why in the hell does it get passed? Why do we allow them to pass them in this manner? I mean, they pass some of the stupidest things that are attached to bills like, like, like they've just done here this year. Uh, with the COVID bill and the infrastructure bill. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, we've got to make our voices heard on that and we've got to find a way to, to make them change that. So they, they can't pass garbage just so we can, Oh, well, you know, we, we want to make sure everybody gets a check. So we're going to attach this bill to give, you know, $3 trillion to Amtrak to keep them alive for another two years. So it's a game and we allow them to play this game. Of course we've allowed them to play it for way too long. Right. So, you know, Schumer, <laughs> I hope they can't, I hope they don't, I hope they're not able to pull it off. Uh, it's going to be devastating to this country anyway, what they're, what they're trying to do with immigration. And, the, and, 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 and I just heard today that Biden's, finally been coerced into increasing the limit that he was going to allow, you know, people to uh, come into the country this year. I think it was at 15. Was it 15,000? Well, they need more voters. Well, you know, of course they, first they have to get them in here and then they have to make them legal citizens, but yeah. Well, not to let them vote. They'll oh, you're right. I'm about, sorry. You know, what was I thinking? That's right. We I just mean, do hell, mail-in votes. We don't know I mean, where hell, they live. Dead people can vote. Didn't you know that? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I haven't heard anything on that Arizona recount this week, and I'm surprised because it had been in the in the news pretty much every day. But I'm going to have to check on that tomorrow and see see if anything if the Democrats have been able to stop it again. I mean, I'm really hoping that something positive for for Republicans comes out of that effort in Arizona. No, no, they better get it together 
um, you know, here pretty quick because you know, election, new elections will be coming before we know it. Well, you know, the good thing I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little encouraged because, uh, I know, uh, Laura Ingram had a program the other night where she was a meeting with, uh, five or six governors of different States. Texas was in there, uh, Florida, DeSantis, I think Ohio, um, I think there were six States and all of, all these governors were seen to be unanimous in their opposition to what uh hrsr1 the vote the new voting bill is and they intend to file suit if if congress passes that if it makes it through the senate they don't intend i hope they ignore the damn thing if they can't get any, anything done legally i hope the states just start revolting and saying you know it's not going to fly here so yeah. but i was encouraged that to hear them uh, talk out about it, speak out about it. Well, we shall see what happens. That's for sure. All righty. Uh, let's see. What have we got? All right. Well, we can, uh, since we're 15 minutes late, Dennis Lee, uh, <laughs> we can go ahead and, and move into our, our final home stretch there. If you would like. Well, um, <clears throat> we welcome all the new listeners and um, thank you for stopping in and, you know, whether in the uh, technical difficulties there in the beginning, um, well, you know, <laughs> what, Mother Nature, what are you going to do? <laughs> and, and I want everybody to know it wasn't my fault this time. Uh, no, it usually wasn't. it is. Usually I've done something here to mess something up, but this time... Uh, uh, what is it? Cobb EMC did something to me and uh, shut right. the power off. And I did we'll, pay uh, my bill. So right. we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll post their uh, we'll post their email address so you can complain <laughs> to them. Um, but um, yeah, you know, if you would like to, you know, if you're into uh, you know twittering, uh, then do that at Trust Talk WG Moon on Twitter. Um, you can email us with suggestions and comments and photos if you like but keep them clean please the one we got last week oh my goodness um and send that to tristalk 69 pts at gmail.com um make sure to follow us on facebook if you're a facebooker um we put a lot of the articles that we use on there and all the shows are posted on there as well as well as some um you know uh goofy photos and some um some some memories from Tristalk back when we first started that are on there as well. And we keep updating those as we go along. Um, and um, you can find us on Spotify at Tristalk and on Amazon Music at Tristalk. And we are on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern with impromptu shows and uh, mini pods all in there between. And I mean, really... Um, Donald Wayne has been tearing it up with the mini pod. So I encourage you to, um, either go on to Podbean or go on to Facebook to take a look at all the shows that we have in our lineup there and follow us for future episodes. And look, if you, um, you know, if you, uh, are just into a cousin, you just need to get explicit. Uh, but I do ask you to keep your clothes on. Come on over to Tall Tales in the Rabbit Hole on every 
Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9.30 to 10 p.m. Eastern. We've been down for a little bit. We're going to bring it back up, uh, messing around with some new material that um, I think we'll start back this weekend to get it on track. But, um, you know, look, we, we appreciate you. We love you. We, we couldn't do it without you. Thank you for being here. Yes, thanks for everybody spending time with us tonight. We do appreciate you uh, listening to us and uh, participating in the show. Uh, I forgot to mention this uh, earlier. My wife informed me just before the show tonight, before the power went out, that uh, Donald Trump has his new site up. Did you know that, Dennis? No, I I didn't, know. It's www.donaldjtrump.com slash desk. I have not, I didn't have a chance because the power went out and I was going to check it out. But, um, so anyway, so supposedly Donald Trump has a new thing going. And also I got a notification on Twitter this afternoon or, or maybe it's tonight. They have some new thing called spaces on Twitter where you can actually have a uh, live conversation with people on Twitter. I don't oh, know. Really? Maybe Eric, maybe you saw that, but, um, yeah, it's, I, I, I'm going to check that out tomorrow. I don't know how useful it'd be for me, but it seems to be something. Um. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, you, you know. talk about Christmas, that brings up dollar signs. It's just, um. you know, it, it goes so quick. It's all so fast. Um, anyway, so I just wanted to bring up that about Donald trump i'm gonna check that out tomorrow um so the closing thought for tonight is you're never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream and that was said by c.s lewis so we're gonna run out of here tonight with the wolves dennis lee and remember tomorrow night (laughs) is wacky wednesday everybody we're gonna we'll 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 whack something tomorrow night oh boy (laughs) <laughs> you gonna turn out the lights there my good friend I, I got the lights down Wayne y'all have a good night thanks everybody stay safe